Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, uh, I want to welcome Paul Reed to studio, uh, former boss of the HSE, of course, but more recently chair of the Citizens Assembly uh, on Drugs. Uh, Paul, it's good to see you. And today you have uh, furnished your full report, 36 recommendations uh, therein, and we'll talk about some of them in a minute. But this is the culmination of, of an awful lot of work from an awful lot of people. Yeah, good evening, Karen. And you're right, it's been seven months of work. Uh, 99 Citizens, Citizens Assembly members came together uh, over six full weekends heard presentations from 130 different people with different stakeholders and different uh, backgrounds and related drugs, uh, had 250 hours of deliberations at our table. So this is no doubt the most comprehensive engaged deliberation on drugs that's ever happened in this state. And I want to thank my fellow Citizens Assembly members for their contribution. So I mentioned 36, like 36 rather um, individual recommendations. We won't go through them all. The one, I guess, that captures most attention is a move towards a decriminalised model put in place by a pivot from a reliance in the first instance on a criminal justice response towards a comprehensive health-led response. So what does that mean in layman's terms, a decriminalised model? Mm, so we were asked specifically from the Oireachtas to come back with recommendations on three areas, legislation being one of them, uh, policy and services. So specifically on the one that you write gets understandably most of the attention on legislation, we recommend moving from the current model, which in essence means if a person is caught in possession uh, of illicit drugs, they are rooted through a criminal system, a criminal justice system, and, you know, potentially criminal conviction, potentially prison. Uh, we are saying that's a much better opportunity to catch that much earlier in the pipeline and route people through a health-led system. So, in essence, if you're caught in possession, uh, certain levels of possession to be defined, uh, drugs for personal use, uh, rather than being rooted through a criminal system, you are, there's an intervention and you can go for some health supports. And in those health supports, people will assess, you know, do you have a problem uh, with drugs? You know, do you mm. have a potential chronic dependency or do you have an addiction? And, and give the supports behind you to do that. So making an earlier intervention rather than the current vicious cycle of people going early into a criminal system. So have you a view or did con contributors to the Assembly have a view on, on how that works practically? An individual is found with uh, an amount of drugs on them that is kind of below the cutoff, wherein the criminal justice system would kick into gear. What happens? Is it the guard who, who gives them a summons not to appear before the local district court, but to appear before somebody else? How does it work? So what we're not recommending is a kind of hybrid of a criminal justice system and a health system. But in essence, in practical terms, what would happen 
uh, yes, it would be a guard intervention at the start uh, that has caught a person in possession. Yeah. Uh, and they would be routed through a uh, health led. It would be diverted off to a health led, not diverted off to a court system, uh, diverted to a formal process uh, that's health driven. I mean, as many other countries have a similar process, uh, the most referenced one is Portugal. Uh, but we believe the model that we've come down on today across the 36 recommendations is an Irish model set on an Irish context to deal with our Irish problems. So in what way is it different from the Portuguese model? Because people listening would have heard discussion and debate about that model on this show and others. Yeah, there's a very uh, formal, uh, I call, you'd call it a department of diversion established in the Portuguese model. Mm. And one of the issues, you know, so you're sent it off this very formal process. They determine which, which route you should go and then if you should go to a criminal justice system. Uh, we don't see that model. We see a model that rooting into a health system, people making a judgment on it for you. It may be they judge, actually, you don't have a problem with drugs. You have been caught in possession, but you're what we would class as non-problematic. Uh, so you're not rooted off and no further supports, but giving you an awareness of the potential harms of drugs. Mm. So you're not formally sent off and not formally tracked afterwards. But in essence, the fundamentals would be the same. You know, we are not recommending legalising drugs. Just want to be very clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are, which is similar to Portuguese model. We're saying certain levels of possession for certain use across all types of illicit drugs would not reach a true criminal system. Brian, who describes himself as having five years law enforcement experience, says the Misuse of Drugs Act was brought in in the 70s to reduce drug use. That was 50 years ago and we've never made real progress. So decriminalisation may not be perfect, but it is time to try something else. Uh, So Brian, certainly welcoming this. Um, Again, on the practicalities of it, though, Paul. So the the problematic drug user then um, uh, is is found by the Gardaí to be in possession of a certain amount of of heroin and uh, they are diverted towards... Uh, healthcare professionals, whether that's kind of you know drug treatment services or whatever it happens to be, um, how do you ensure that they turn up? You know, if you don't turn up in court often enough, a bench warrant eventually can be issued for your arrest. Mm-hmm. Well, we we didn't define the end process. The end process for, from our perspective, we now want the uh, the Oireachtas, the political system, to give some further detail, get advice from the Attorney General. Uh, first of all, what would be the quantity? For possession, yeah, would be the threshold, if you like. How many times if you're caught in possession at certain levels of threshold? Um, and then what if, you know, you're not taking up the best advice, etc. So we, we've left those thresholds for further consideration by government because mm. they can get the best advice. And yeah, but one, one would imagine, though, eventually there might have to be the looming threat of the criminal justice system somewhere, wouldn't there? If, if you just continually ignored it. I mean, I'm thinking of, I drive out of the car park here every evening and there are what you would call kind of problem heroin users in the lane. And I mean, it's hard to feel anything other than pity to find people in this weather, um, you know, shooting up in a lane in the city centre. However, I find it hard to imagine that they turn up at the kind of the local drug treatment centre. No, and let's be clear, like that one recommendation of the 36, it, it doesn't, we don't believe it's going to solve all of those issues, which is just some people with chronic dependency. So we're going to use every drugs every day. But it is showing a more compassionate approach to it. I mean, one of the clear experiences we had at the Assembly is drugs are pervasive all across this country. There's no doubt. But the harm caused by drugs is very acute in marginalised areas, areas of high social deprivation. Uh, areas in high poverty levels. So it's not just the issue of drugs or some of the people that you might experience, as you say, around the inner city. Uh, there's a whole set of other uh, supports uh, that are not there for them, you know. And we we had some good presentations around recovery capital. 
You know, so if you or me get into addiction, we've a better chance of getting out because mm. we might have family supports. We might have some funds yeah. to get us out of it. Well, many of those people you will meet don't have that recovery capital. They don't have a, may not have a house. They may not have a family. So, you know, throughout our report, this is about taking a more compassionate response. And I think it was Brian's comment there earlier on. We gave the Citizens Assembly an opportunity to vote on the status quo. Because you know, some people presented to us yeah. the status quo should be kept. They overwhelmingly rejected the status quo. They didn't define it as the war on drugs. They didn't define yeah. it as anything. But they just said, no, something has to change. What, what, was there or were there particular contributions to the Assembly that swayed your mind one way or the other? Well, I think what's really interesting, whether it's my mind or the Assembly members, after every meeting, we got feedback from the Assembly members. Mm. Did they come in with a certain view? Of course, Mayman said they did. After this meeting, have you changed your view? Are you still open? And the really strong feedback was very encouraging as they went through the process. Some changed their view, um, some were still open and some came down on a view at the end. So they were listening to all of the inputs. But I mean, it, it, so I've, I was to highlight some views. I mean, the one that struck for all of us was the lived experiences. People, individuals who are using drugs, who've had chronic addiction, families, communities who come in and spoke to us. And you really get a great sense there that, you know, just can't tackle the drugs issue. And that's why we say in the report, this is a whole of government approach needed. Mm. It is education, it is prevention, it is awareness, it is justice, uh, and it is health and possibly housing as well. So it's a complex issue. Um, But, you know, we were very clear that the status quo is not the solution. It's about deprivation as well, isn't it? And you you would have seen this even in your your previous role in the HSE. I mean, how many health problems as well Mm. in this country come down to the issues of deprivation and inequality? Like it's clear. It's it's clear as you look in the mirror, because if you look in on those areas of high social deprivation, I come from an area of high social deprivation in Finglas and Finglas West. Uh, and I seen and I experienced growing up the impacts uh, that that has on, a, on an individual, on a family, on a community, not just the drugs issue. So, you know, you can't just take the issue of drugs and you have to be careful how you say this, you know, because sometimes you relate drugs to areas of high social deprivation. It's not. It's a wider issue. Now, yeah. now we didn't try to solve all the issues in the assembly meeting, but we are very clear the priority needs to be given, We feel, and it's a recommendation, to those areas that are suffering the most. Drugs are pervasive, but it's hurting some communities more than others. And in your interactions then with politicians and policymakers, is the appetite there to follow the recommendations, do you suspect? Well, firstly... The politicians gave us a clear run. In fairness to them, there was nobody coming in looking to get in. They wouldn't have got in anyway, but it gave us a free run to get through the process. This morning, I met the Taoiseach and handed over the report and I met Minister Nocton. Uh, we did very good engagement. I must say, I came away very reassured and with good hope uh, the Minister committed and has committed publicly today to immediately establish or as soon as possible establish the Oireachtas Committee. Uh, that has to meet next and consider our evaluation. And that's really important. What we did say today is, look, time is of the essence. We were very frustrated previously that there was some legislation prepared in 2019. In 2024, that has not got off the shelf. Mm. Uh, And that was a big frustration. So we expressed those frustrations. But I was very encouraged this morning and today with the meetings with the minister that they were going to act on this. And I think I'd also encouraged by the initial cross-party responses that we've received. Some, you know, people who've really experienced and skin in the game here, Senator Lynn Rowan, Aidan um, O'Reardon, previous minister, you know, today spoke and you know, want to get this moving on to the next phase. And in, in years to come, as you look back on it, how will you judge whether 
this endeavour was successful or not? I mean, is it is it about harm reduction? Is it fewer people overdosing? Is it fewer people on drugs? Is it more people engaging with services? Is it simply just the enactment of the legislation that you recommend? Well, on the latter, no, because we're not saying that recommendation is the panacea in itself. So what we do set out is one of the recommendations talks about finalising a strategy by June of this year, 2024. And in that strategy, having really clear measures of outcomes that we want to achieve, outcomes that, that reduce harm, outcomes that reduce deaths. In the seven months that this Citizens' Assembly met between April and October, several hundred people have died. 800 people can die in any year, drug-related. Like, it's real people's lives. So, yeah, we say set measures, set outcomes, evaluate it, produce a monthly report, meet at the Cabinet table on it. Paul Reid, Chair of the Citizens' Assembly on Drugs. Paul, thanks a million for joining us here in studio. 087-1400-106 is the number. Dermot in Kildare says, it'll be really interesting to to see the degree of health support uptake from people caught in possession. Do we have stats on this uh, from other countries like Sweden or Portugal? Uh, Does it make it legal effectively to walk down the road smoking a joint? And if not problematic, no more sanctions. Will it give more chance to get youths into drugs? And Brian in Dublin says, individuals caught in possession of small amounts of drugs are sent for a health intervention. What if the result of that helped uh, is a determination that they don't have an addiction, much like someone caught in possession of a bottle of wine might be an alcoholic. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list for me. 